you can shift and change that dynamic around by being more present and being more aware, doing something different, having a direct experience instead of being in the story and narrative of your life. Don't live inches from your life. Live in your life. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode. Is your relationship stuck on autopilot? Hell, is your life stuck on autopilot? Many people are asking that question. Is it that you just like the days and the hours and the weeks are just going by and by and you just don't know where they went? Some people even think the years are just going by. That happens to us constantly when we're even driving somewhere. We think, how the hell did I just get here? I don't even remember driving down this road how many stoplights I hit. Yeah, that's being on autopilot. And of course, sometimes that is not all bad. You know, research shows that we have something like 35,000 decisions that we got to make a day. And if I was conscious of making all those decisions, that would be overload. All the decisions that it takes in the morning just to get dressed, to exercise, to cook. Sure, I've got to do some things automatically and what we call unconsciously. But we have to be really careful when it's really wandering. Our mind is wandering and we're not present at the task. So when we're on autopilot, that's not being mindful. So the question begs, are we mindful of our relationship or our various relationships that we have? Even our relationship with ourselves, are we just on autopilot of this constant narrative that we have about ourselves, about the world, this constant planning and strategizing and assumptions that the way things are. In some sense, that can bring us some form of safety. If I know exactly how things are going to be in the next moment, the next day, the next week, that can bring some semblance of control, of safety. But it also could be boring as hell. It could take the passion out of life and out of our relationships. So I really want you to contemplate how you mind wander, right? Mind wandering is when you spend time thinking about what isn't going on. You know, research has found that when people let their minds wander, whether it's thinking about events from the past, present, or future, it makes people unhappy. How many times have you been somewhere where, let's say it's beautiful, let's say you're sitting on a beach and you're looking out at the ocean and your mind starts to wander about a story of planning 
or strategizing or making up a, a story and contemplating of how to work through a conflict or you're thinking about your relationship right there you're not paying attention to the present moment and you're not really seeing your environment and taking it in we've just lost that beautiful moment by letting our mind wander by also in some way not having the discipline to be present so i'm not going to give a big talk about mindfulness and that could be for an, another podcast, right? But it's more about how we do that in our relationships, how we let our relationships become unconscious. Are we making conscious decisions to actually be present in our relationship? When I'm having a discussion with my wife or a conversation, am I really hearing her words? Or am I being on autopilot by actually doing something else? How many of you are present, fully present with each other and not just multitasking? And I know you might say, how can I live life that way? I have to do other things. Yes, of course you do. But I think it's very important to be able to interrupt and pause or you're going to be on autopilot in your relationships. You're only going to hear 50% of what people are, are saying to you. You'll let your narrative keep going of what you think the person is and what they want and what they're saying and who they are instead of being curious and interested in really who they are. When was the last time that you looked at your partner or your kids and just really looked at them, being curious of how they make their little facial moves while they talk or a beautiful scrunch of a upper lip or the movement of an eyebrow? or a gesture that they make that actually is so heartwarming to you? Are you paying attention to that aspect of who is in your life? Boy, I know when I take the time to do that with the people in my life, I am not on autopilot. Sometimes I may not be hearing their exact words, but I'm being very present with another dimension of who they are. You know, the ironic part is that the more time that we actually spend with our partner or our kids, the more intimately we get to know one another and the easier it is to become complacent. In some sense that we might cut corners or get lazy and make assumptions about how they are feeling. And one big way of being on autopilot in your relationship is not to be vulnerable in your relationship, not to take the courage to open up and even say what you're feeling or what you want. You know, if you feel ignored or slighted, then the defenses go up and we find ourselves pulling our vulnerability away to, let's say, create some safer distance. And then we can start to make assumptions about how the other person is feeling about us. We create this narrative and it can affect the self-worth of ourselves or our relationships. So I think if we don't take the time to understand what's going on, let's say even in a conflict, then it becomes this vicious cycle 
that we create this narrative that it is even hard to be vulnerable and to be present, to be authentic in our relationship. And that becomes an autopilot. I hear so many times that couples will say, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to bring it up because I know where it's going to go. Oh, he'll always say this and I'll never be heard or I'll just be blamed. He won't believe me. That's being on autopilot. That's assuming, even though it's based on your past experience of the person or how you interact, you're bringing that totally into your present situation and you're creating this narrative that's not the reality, that's not being present. You know, the interesting things about us humans is that we tend to be really good at making up our own meanings. We usually do this based on our past experiences and how we felt about a situation in the past. You know, you might be really cussing out your partner in your head about a situation in the past. And if you really took the time to discover what was going on, it could be totally different than what you're assuming that the situation is. I know for me, I've had these countless over and over conversations of these silent little conflicts and battles that I have in my mind about a conversation that can, can take place. I got to have such discipline to stop that and know I am creating the situation. I am already creating the possibilities of what can happen. And usually it's the possibilities that I, that I don't want. So I think one way of getting out of the autopilot in the relationship also is creating more intention of what it is that I do want. How do I want to show up and what do I want to say? And how present and authentic? And that usually comes with going towards more the uncomfortable feelings that need to be expressed. Not to deny those feelings, not to move away from them, not to press them down and not say them because it's uncomfortable. Getting to the edge of where it's uncomfortable to speak to it that's being more present. Because I will say again, working with couples, it's really hard for them to get out of the autopilot of the negativity that they see their partner or their relationship in. And I think it can take a, a great shift when we're acting from a place of good intention and mindfulness that we start to see ourselves and our partner and the relationship a whole lot more clearly. And once we're clear on more of what we want and where our partner is coming from, to be really curious and interested in what their experience is instead of already concluding what it is that we think that we know where they're coming from, then it's a lot easier to find more of the middle ground and even work through problems in a very mutual, respectful way. That's very different than being on the autopilot of the back and forth defensiveness and the blame game. So then in some way plainly said that the alternative to autopilot is what we call being conscious. And being conscious is not about being smart, though I think it does make us in some way smarter in many ways, but being conscious is about deep awareness 
deep self-awareness of our relationships and our surroundings. And conscious people know themselves more deeply and they're also more curious about the world and others. So some of the first steps of becoming more conscious is understanding the power of introspection, about going deeper into greater awareness about ourselves and others by having an open mind and also making more of self-reflection a more conscious daily routine instead of, again, being in stories about the past over and over and over, we might question ourselves and say, hmm, what did I miss today out of this conversation that I could look at it from a new perspective? How did I relate to my partner in the way that was maybe repetitive from days before and I could have shown up in a different way? Hmm. Was there a narrative that I was stuck on throughout my day that I didn't see anything new? You know, even a self-reflection could be, did I notice anything different from today, even in my surroundings? What repetitive fears that came up that I didn't take a look to see and check in with them, are they reality? Is the fear a reality or is it something that's just repetitive and repetitive? Self-reflection could be, what things do I want to shift and change and grow about myself and what opportunities did I have today that I took it? What opportunities did I miss? Many ways that we, we could be self-reflective and take accountability and responsibility about being present. So I think especially if you feel that you're stuck on autopilot in your relationship, are you really asking some of those self-reflective questions of the focus of your change agent? How do you want the relationship to change? And in what ways can you make that change? Are you, again, asking yourself some of those self-reflective questions that will create change? Something like, you know, what persistent feelings are interfering with my ability to change in regards to my relationship? Or what assumptions am I making right now that simply may not be true about my partner or my relationships? Are my behaviors moving me closer to have more intimacy or are they moving me closer to have more connection in my relationship? Those are self-aware questions to ask instead of putting that, of course, on our partner. Are they doing it and focusing on them? Hey, I'm going to throw in something else too that I see in my work when I work with people about their relationship being stuck on autopilot. And sometimes they are hmm, closer to someone else than their significant other. Anytime that you are closer to someone else than your significant other, there may be a problem. You know, they should be without a doubt the person that you are closest to your partner. So if you're thinking about and spending more time in your mind of your interactions with somebody else and not about your partner, then you're more likely that you're not giving to the relationship the attentions that is it's needed. You know, it takes attention to be close. 
And if you're, again, closer with somebody else, then you're likely not giving your partner the attention that you need to give to your relationship. And that could also be, of course, with work. Are you giving more focused attention, right? A lot of people talk way more about what's going on in their work life than they are talking about what's going on interpersonally in their relationships with each other. So a lot of people think like, you know, the, let's say, mistress in some way or the cheating partner could be work instead of a real person, that they're focused so much more on projects and work and they take for granted the relationship, right? That's one way. If we take for granted our relationship, we're on auto- autopilot. We think our partner is always going to be there and everything's kind of just hunky-dory and I don't have to put any effort into relationship. Boy, until you wake up and see that the relationship has eroded and there's a lot of distance between you both and one of you is thinking, what? I thought we were fine. You need to give attention to it. You need to give it focused attention, I think, daily to be present, to be intentional. So there are some people in relationships that they don't even like to think about what the state of their relationship is. And that's a way to be on autopilot. You know, if we if we don't think about things that are unpleasant, then it's a um, small chance that we are going to understand what's going on in the state of the relationship. And if you keep finding ways to d- distract yourself every time something that, that comes up or is brought up, let's say by your partner, then there's something wrong if you're also trying to move away from it instead of addressing it. So one thing that you can do to improve if you're stuck on autopilot is to slow down, right? When was the last time you had quality slow time? And maybe many of you are experiencing right now with the pandemic of how our lives are shifting with priorities and what it's been like the last months to not have a lot of distractions because slow time or time when you're slowing down to enjoy what's going on right in front of you. And I know for me, not having to worry about all these things on my to-do list, it could be so important to keep our relationship strong and growing. So I just put out to you, if you can't remember the last time that you had really good, deep, quality, slow time, or if it was a real long time ago, then that might be a warning sign that your relationship is on autopilot and heading in the wrong direction. So that's something to turn around, to make sure that it's something that you want to put attention to, to enjoy some of the slow time in your life, to make that happen, not to find the time. You're not going to find the time. It's not going to just appear in front of you. You have to make the time. You know, that's interesting because a lot of you here at the end of my podcast and as well as at the end of my outgoing voice message on my phone, I say, make yourselves a beautiful day. I don't say have a beautiful day. I say, make yourselves a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that the autopilot happens when we don't feel that we have influence of our lives in our relationships or the direction that our life is going at. And we just kind of just let things happen. And we're not intentionally slowing it down or questioning it or saying no or making the hard decisions to say no to some things because we want a different direction. We feel out of control. We don't feel like we have influence. And that's a warning sign that our life is going on autopilot. You know, from a psychological standpoint, we, we have what we call two circuits around our narrative and our, our direct experience, right? Our narrative is the story that we're making up and our direct experience is actually what is happening. And they can be inversely correlated. In other words, if you think about an upcoming meeting while let's say you are uh, sweeping the floor, you're gonna be more likely to overlook some of the parts of the floor that need sweeping. <laughs> Or you might trip and not pay attention. A lot of times when people are, are doing an act, right? They are doing the dishes or maybe they're cutting food. When they're thinking about a narrative, instead of being their direct experience, they're less careful and they might create an accident. I know for me that's what happens maybe when I'm cut, that I cut myself. I wasn't paying attention, we say. So again, when that narrative network is much more active, than our direct experience network, then you don't see as much or hear as much or feel as much because you're lost in thought. And that happens even when we're eating. I know there's times I really want to change these habits and around whether I'm eating in front of a, a screen or, or reading something. If I'm reading something, I'm in a narrative and I'm not really tasting my food. <laughs> you know, that experience of just even having a delicious meal gets taken away when I'm focused on something else. So just think about what's happening in your new relationship. When you're thinking about a certain narrative, you're not really showing up to the texture of the relationship, what's going on. So it would just be, you know, curious of yourself, a good self-awareness to see are you experiencing the world through that narrative circuitry, you know, which would be useful for the planning or the strategizing or the goal setting? And you can also experience the world again more directly. So check out when you're doing that. When you're experiencing the world more directly, it enables you to have more of the sensory information that you're perceiving. You're experiencing the world through your direct experience network. And that allows you to get closer to the reality of anything that you're experiencing, including your relationships. And I love when that happens to me, when I'm focused on creating more of my awareness of my direct experience, I'm becoming less a prisoner of my past, of my habits, of some of my attachments to my expectations or my assumptions, and I'm more able to respond to what's right in front of me as it's unfolding, as it's happening, and as I want to actually hopefully respond to it. 
So the beautiful thing about this practice is that actually the more that you get to focus on direct experience, on conscious experience, the more that you catch your unconscious experience. You get to notice, wow, I was just drifting off there. I wasn't being present. And that you get to come back. And of course, a great practice for that is meditation. Because in meditation, we sit and our mind wanders constantly. And the more that we catch where it's wandering, we don't have to evaluate it and we don't have to make all assumptions about it. We just have to bring it back into the awareness. And a lot of meditators use the breath to do that. So of course, that's a wonderful thing to do. When we find ourselves drifting off, and I know when my wife is talking and I'm not fully paying attention, hmm, if I could just take a breath, I will become more conscious of what's going on. When I take a breath before I respond to something that I'm saying to somebody, it comes out more truthfully and authentic of what I'm experiencing than if I'm not taking a a breath and it's really shallow and I just respond from a reaction. So practice that, you know, just practice the senses. If you're sitting outside and your mind is wandering more about what you're going to make for dinner or, you know, what you have to do to all your checklists off the day and the tasks, you know, look up in the sky, <laughs> feel the warmth of the sun on you. Check out the clouds, right? How often do we not really look at the clouds and the formations and the colors, right? When we focus on the senses, we're having a direct experience. Is it warm on our skin? You know, what are the smells happening? Those are smaller ways to slow it down, to get out of the mind wandering and to be present. And I think, again, when we're present with more of what we're feeling, many times people that I inquire and ask them, so what are you experiencing right now? First thing they say is, I don't know. They don't. They, they're not taking the time to truly feel what it is they're feeling and even allow themselves the vulnerability to speak to it because they have a narrative of whether it should be right or wrong to feel a certain thing. And so that's one way that we are also are on autopilot in our relationships because we don't dare to be vulnerable to speak to what it is that we're actually feeling. We don't dare to rock the boat, right? Mess up the status quo of the relationship because one part of it, again, is this maybe this narrative that we have that, oh, it's just going to be a conflict. Oh, it's just going to be a fight and it's not going to go well. Already we're creating this possibility of what's going to happen instead of being really present and saying, okay, I'm going to say what I'm feeling. If my partner comes back defensiveness, I can just name, hey, I just really would like you to hear what I'm saying and even reflect back what you're hearing, what you're surmising that is going on from me. I'd like to hear about your experience after that I know that you have heard my experience. We can do something different in our interactions. A lot of times I tell couples that, you know, they say, what, what should we do? I said, well, try something different. Whatever it is that you keep repeating on this autopilot of conflict, do something different, one of you. Because since you're both a system, when one part of the system shifts, the system has to shift. You're not doing the same dance, right? And that just takes some practice to throw out these possibilities of doing something different. Respond differently. Say something differently than what you normally do. 
Hopefully it's about more accountability, less judgment, less blaming, more curiosity, more validating and acknowledging, maybe more owning, maybe more apologizing than accusatory. Something different in your dance. Hmm. Yeah, because again, you know, if we only recognize that when we're acting on autopilot, that we miss these vital clues about the other person's feelings and or their needs. Again, we're projecting our feelings onto our partner or we make assumptions about them. And when we are operating on autopilot, then things can really blow up in a relationship. Even when we didn't see it coming, that kind of just flare-ups that goes back and forth. And that happens a lot of times in interruption, you know. If we're not being conscious, we interrupt the other person and that's where escalation can happen. So I do think that by, you know, being more aware of our partner's needs, we can build also connection, be more aware of our partner's feelings. We can build connection. And that is about being mindful about what's going on with the person's, you know, check out body language, tone of voice. You know, is it the mood of the other person? Are they sad? Sometimes I have one partner in my office and they're talking and talking and they're not even looking over at their partner and their partner might be crying and feeling some emotion and they're not even pausing to, to look at that and check in to see how their words have affected the other person. And I'm not saying that you're responsible for how your partner is responding, but take a moment and be present with, wow, I just said something and I see that affected you. Let me inquire on that or let me just pause and not keep going on and on. That's creating more of that escalation. So, yeah, I just want you to explore the different ways that maybe you feel that you're going on autopilot in your life and then see how that is affecting how you might be stuck on autopilot in your different relationships. And I really do believe you can shift and change that dynamic around by being more present and being more aware, doing something different, having a direct experience instead of being in the story and narrative of your life. Don't live inches from your life. Live in your life. Ooh, that's profound, isn't it? Should I end it with that? Yeah, I think I might. Mm -hmm. But before I do, I just want to get in a, a couple things. I just want to, again, thank you all for listening, um, for taking the time to hold my company, to spend your moments with me and listening, to maybe that you're passing it on to other people so maybe that they'll benefit from that. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you do want to acknowledge in a review, for instance, on Apple Podcast, my producers are telling me, yeah, the more people that write reviews, there's algorithms that work, which I don't know exactly how they work, but more people in searches could get my podcast. And that's one thing that I want to do is just share it keep sharing it more widely. Some things that's in the works, some coursework based on some of the topics on the podcast that's coming in the works. 
also some audio meditations that I'll be recording. Audios on how to help people relax, put you in a good sense of sleep, how to also focus on creating your intentions and visualizations of what kind of partner that you want to be. I will be having those audios accessed on my relationships. Let's learn about it part of my website that you can access and purchase some audio guidance to help you in different ways to better your relationships. So that will be coming. Okay, everybody, I hope you are enjoying your summer. I hope some of your days that you are able to feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, to look up and check out the beauty of the sky and the colors and the clouds and take that deep breath and really appreciate your life and your relationships and loved ones that are in your life and deeply appreciate that we have the opportunity to take in those direct experiences that are loving and kind and generous. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, everybody. Thanks for listening and make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships. Let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.